Crossover Commerce. This is episode 172 of Crossover Commerce. I'm in my corner of the internet, like the intro mentioned, where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce industry. But before we get started, go ahead and quickly shout out to the one and only Ping Pong Payments who presents this podcast. Ping Pong Payments is a cross-border payments solution, not just helping people receive and keep more of their money when Amazon pays you out every two weeks. No, no, no. There's more to that. Helping you pay your suppliers, your manufacturers, your employees, even your VAs. If it's going out from your business and it has to be in a different uh, currency, whether it's in um, the yen or it's in the uh, RMB or wherever you might be sending money to in this day and age where global e-commerce is more conducive, how about you save some money to get your goods or your services more quickly and effectively and just save on some fees? You can do that by signing up with Ping Pong Payments today. That is by going to the link in the description below in the comment section or in the show notes if you're listening to this podcast on your favorite podcast destination. That's right. All this podcast is live, not just on social media, on your favorite Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter channels, but also you can listen to these podcasts if you don't like looking at my face or any of our guest face, but that's okay because if people's uh, working uh, or working on uh, different things in, in the midst of Q4 right now, what we're talking about today, you might just need to be listening in the background. So that is also available to you or everything is available on our website at usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast. Awesome. So everyone's today, if you're here today and listening to our episode, I'm really excited because if you're Looking at the calendar, and this is live, we we're talking about uh, yesterday was two months until Christmas. That means we're in the midst of Q4. Uh, it's October 26th, and there's lots of headaches. There's lots of heartburn. There's lots of um, problems that lots of people are trying to figure out how to best situate their business and brands for the remainder of Q4. It is one of the notorious times of year where people are spending like crazy. They want their gifts. They want their um, goods. They're trying to find deals. And they want to buy from your brand. That is why everyone is always, how do we best position ourselves in our brand moving forward? That's a great question. And there is no silver bullet to that uh, solution. Besides, if you have a truckload of money and you can start throwing money at advertising in lots of different directions. But being strategic is very important. And that's why I brought back on the show a fr friend of Crossover Commerce, uh, David Nicolucci um, of We Are Growth Hack. He is pumping out so much great content and has different perspectives, both internationally, but also in, here in the United States. If you're watching us in the United States, clients all over the world are trying and have different perspectives on how to best get in front of customer. And he has these new, I won't, won't say hacks, if you will, but best effective ways because of Amazon always throwing wrenches in people's planes. We want to make sure that we got him back on so we can best know how to effectively figure out and prepare for the remaining part of Q4 and then what to expect from it. I think a lot of people don't talk about the expectation coming off from uh, a one-off year like uh, 2020 was in the quarter uh, Q4 that was record-breaking in many different ways for lots of different sellers and brands online. So that being said, I want to welcome our uh, friend of the show, uh, David of We Are Growth Act. David. Welcome to Crossover Commerce. That's the button. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for having me here. I love your intro. It was amazing. <laughs> See, that's that's what happens after you have so many people on. You could just create lots of content, splice and dice it, and then put it together. So thanks for hopping back on. You haven't been on since episode 50, which seems like yeah, you know, like five years ago, but it was only a year <laughs> ago. But uh, but yeah, you've been on. There's lots of there's lots of things happening. We were just talking pre-show about uh, your growth with the employee, uh, your employees are coming to Thailand, which is where you're still at. You built a beautiful, is that your new home that we're, we're yeah, that's my, from there? yeah, my new villa yeah. here. <laughs> and people said that Amazon doesn't pay or selling on Amazon uh -oh. doesn't pay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not, but you're doing like, uh, what's been going on since we last talked with you? I want to say like November of last year. Uh, yeah, it was it was last year, not even a year ago. Um, Maybe it was we in January. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, probably. So we were talking about ranking uh, on Amazon, I think, and then different different things like updates and always and uh, uh, this this kind of things that Amazon sellers really love to hear and really uh, really up to date. Um, what what has been changing? 
Uh, I've, I've seen actually the industry changing a lot. To me personally, I've um, started investing heavily in other things. I mean, to just getting back to what you just said, Amazon, selling on Amazon or even helping sellers to make more money on Amazon does pay back. I started my little, let's say, um, real estate empire <laughs> thanks to the money that I've made since 2017 with my Amazon sellers agency. Um, so getting a bunch of properties and then, you know, uh, renovating them, uh, putting them on Airbnb, renting them to other people. So it, and it's going really well. I mean, uh, it's, it's a business and I love to, you know, I love to make business. My main focus is always Amazon. I actually have different kinds of businesses. I also invest in cryptocurrency and stock. I do events here in Thailand. So I'm a quite busy, busy person, but the main focus is always e-commerce and helping Amazon sellers. Uh, so this is pretty much what has been going on. This is the the first property with land that I that I that I get now because I also establish a company in Thailand, and that's how foreigners can actually get property in Thailand. Uh, but that goes a little bit off the track. So uh, we, with Amazon, we've been focusing on um, providing you know always the best services to our to our clients, uh, always staying on top of the of the of the curve of what, what's going on. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, Trying to update with the advertising trends, with the new content trends, with the new ranking trends, what has been going on with, with Amazon recently that actually didn't affect us at all because we didn't use those kind of services that were blacklisted by Amazon. So it is. I'm quite happy to say that we we were we are still providing the same services, and we've been seeing actually, for example, other services, other kind of services growing exponentially this year like social media and TikTok, for example, or Amazon Live and uh, this kind of complementary services that actually would help <clears throat> very well also during Q4, Black Friday, etc. as we will see now. That's amazing. Well, there's so many different things, like you said. I feel like it's every Q4 that Amazon, and a lot of people have mentioned this, that Amazon makes a really big deal about a certain aspect that's kind of been floating around the community whether it be a certain tactic or service or just a way about doing business and where they change things up. They like to shake things up in the midst of the craziest time of year. Um, yeah. Don't know why they do that way. They pick this time of year, but hey, it is what it is. Um, so obviously there's lots of news of people with review manipulation. They take those people down or they remove a bunch of reviews or even their listings and remove the brains entirely. Uh, and then of recently you're talking about ranking. I just want to briefly touch on that. You were talking about, your services in general, we don't have to call them out initially. The, I guess, I guess when people were asking, what was the problem with that? I guess of those kinds of services in terms of uh, what they were doing and why it's important to look for the right way to work with services. Yeah. So the the thing that actually triggered, in my opinion, and also talking with some of uh, of the other experts in the industry. The, 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 the thing that really triggered Amazon, you know, blacklisting or pissing off Amazon <laughs> was, of course, it, this has been in, the, in you know, under Amazon rather, rather for, for, for a while. But it's the fact that with this kind of services, you're able to get customer information. You would actually be able to use a pool of users that this is something that Amazon doesn't like because Amazon doesn't like giving data and access to its users to anyone that might be a service provider or a seller because Amazon wants to keep their customers. They've been trying since, since for as long as I can remember selling on Amazon, I started in 2014, they always try to limit the communication that you can, you know, have with the customers number of emails that you that you can send how you can send what you can say in the email what you can say in the listings etc for example good luck with putting your email address in a listing i had a client recently who put <laughs> they they wrote in the last bullet point if you have any questions please send us an email boom block the account <laughs> so that that was that was really really so amazon always try to, to keep the customer's data for themselves. So any kind of services that is trying to manipulate this, even more than actually manipulating the rank itself, that's really what Amazon doesn't like. So anything that offers a pool of user, because it all goes back to then, once again, having data, manipulating reviews, asking for, you know, purchasing again, making a review, giving a review, whatever. And um, actually getting reviews is becoming harder and harder, but we know that selling on Amazon is becoming 
easier in some other aspect. I always say that it's becoming harder, but it's becoming easier for, for some other way because you have more people, for example, because we're talking about Q4, right? So we, we know that Amazon sold, I don't know how many billions in Black Friday and Cyber Monday 2020. I think it was around 20 billion, like 9 billion in Black Friday and something like 10 billion in Cyber Monday last year. I just I, saw the data. I, I can look it up real quick. Oh, it was half of that. It was probably half of that. Like, But yeah, Amazon sold something like 4.2 billion uh, between Black Friday and Cyber Monday together combined, so that's a lot, and that was the the record in the in the history. So the, 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 this is the the highest number um, in sales that Amazon have ever made. So <clears throat> it is growing. There is more opportunities, but still, you have to be very very careful on how you approach this business, and you really have to follow all the rules of Amazon. Otherwise, you risk not being able to sell on Amazon anymore, not being able to list your, your product. So uh, for us, because we actually never, we have never been using this kind of services that collect data or that give you a, that put you in front of the pool of users that you can, you know, pick and choose or use for your, for your, for your ranking, for your reviews, whatever. We didn't have any problem because what we do is we use external traffic and we use super URLs that go directly to improve your ranking. But this only happens if there's a sale. If there's no sale, that doesn't work. So what we do is if the ranking service that we provide, if the ranking strategy with external traffic, with super URLs is not working after a few days, we just shut off the campaign because this will actually have a negative effect on the conversion rate and on the ranking of that product. So uh, it is it is very different. And I would say if you're looking for something, you know, for, for a different way of ranking, you know, a, with a super URL, definitely do like this. Uh, don't stress too much or try to find some other some other ways and also you have to be careful with your external traffic you don't want to to push too much external traffic from the, the wrong source of people that are not really going to buy because this is gonna bring down your CTR your uh, your, your conversion rate sorry and then also your uh, your ranking automatically so I believe that this is what what happened actually yeah we, we talked recently about and, and again we, we'll get back to the, the initial thing uh we talked about pinterest and how amazon rewards certain so, uh sources of traffic like amazon's no longer in good graces or uh, facebook's no longer in good graces with amazon um lots of uh either google ads or you know it's just external traffic in general that are seo friendly that where there's buyer intent ultimately amazon wants that search either to happen on platform or on you know, on the number one search engine in the world, uh, Google. And if people are inspired by that or they're, you know, listening is and is pointing directly to they they want to reward people for that conversion. Um, in that regards, it's uh they just don't like to be gained. And I think that's Amazon's biggest thing is they want the naturally to the best products to come to the surface and they don't want, you know, that to be manipulated. But again, the top seven spots in their listings right now, if you search for something, are all paid. So what is really manipulation? That's a that's a story for another time in general, right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, to go back to your initial point, I pulled up the data. According to digitalcommerce360.com, in Q4, Amazon in 2021 had $7.8 billion sold in net income. That's net income uh, yeah. for Amazon, um, which is crazy. In Q1 of 20, or excuse me, Q4 of 2019, it was only $3.3 billion. So you're talking about more than... Essentially doubling, if not 2.5 xing your uh, sales in Q4, and that that's what's really interesting about this year is, and that why I brought you on is setting expectations for Q4 and kind of preparations for Q4. Uh, lots of different things kind of came to mind in that have like shooken up uh, since last Q4. Obviously, inventory limit restrictions. Uh, there's the whole supply chain issue and getting your goods into Amazon quicker. Amazon's moved up deadlines to get your inventory in before the quote holiday uh, shopping season from December 11th to December 3rd now. So you only have a few uh, weeks to get inventory in before the quote Q4 uh, holiday season. But before setting kind of the table from record highs, like we said, like last year was un, almost unsustainable for, for Amazon yeah. in terms of growth. That, that, that's kind of what I, I'm fearful for lots of sellers who are listening is that, oh my gosh, last year was such a great year. We're going to see traditional growth like we have always done. What are you seeing with people and how are you having those conversations with clients and customers? 
Yeah. So actually, what I what I see right now, I also have the some other data from in front of me right now. I just went uh, at the CNBC.com article uh, by written by a lady that actually interviewed me a couple of times, <laughs> and uh, so Amazon sold a total of four point eight billion worldwide in sales from Black Friday through Cyber Monday, and that figure was up 60% from last year, from the, from the past, from the previous year. So I would say when we're definitely not expecting a plus 60% again <laughs> this time, but I would probably expect something between plus 20 to 30, 35, 40, 40% probably from the past year, maybe. Um, this is my, my expectation. I would say that it would still continue to grow. Uh, that's definitely the trend. Um, when it comes to what actually is happening right now, I see that Amazon, because they know that it's going to be a mess pretty much, they want to give more opportunities to the sellers to actually start selling their deals or to start making their deals earlier. Actually, mm -hmm. if you go on Amazon.com slash Black Friday and you can do it right now, you see already a couple of, you see a lot of deals right, right now. So this would be like, pre-Black Friday deals that are already live one month before Black Friday because Black Friday is on 26th of November. So mm -hmm. this is like probably like a preparation page uh, of Amazon. I don't think that I saw this anywhere else before. I just I just noticed right now when I was doing some preparation before this, before this podcast, and I just noticed that, I mean, I don't think this came out before. Right, so one month before Black Friday, we already yeah, have a Black Friday page. It's certainly large, and it's it's epic holiday deals is another banner that they they, they essentially are promoting. Um, other day because we're all about data, and obviously I know you are too. They, this is the fascinating thing is that when they were polling retailers and entrepreneurs in the online world, that and this is something I personally did just kind of see how my network did of polling when people actually start thinking about um, Q4 shopping or holiday shopping. And that's becoming earlier and earlier. A lot of people do still say the t traditional uh, November, right around Black Friday, uh, Thanksgiving um, here in the United States or you know, internationally just November is the time of year when they really are starting to think about that. But believe it or not, retailers as well as uh, consumers, they're thinking there's about 40% or, uh, or so of consumers we're thinking about holiday shopping in as early as June, but going through that October phase, like so uh, June, July, August timeframe, uh, September, October is the majority of it. Um, but you're really starting to see people start to think about what can I purchase, not just two months ahead of, uh, you know, or a month of Black Friday, but you're seeing it a month out, two months out where people are really starting to get enthralled with purchasing their goods. And that, this is what I've always talked about with people. You're going to start to see these natural, the huge spikes or Q4, um, the Cyber Monday, the Black Friday, the Sunday after, or before of Cyber Week, essentially. And then I want to say like a week or two before December 11th, which is the traditional mm -hmm. two weeks before Christmas. You're not going to see those peaks anymore as so sharp. You're going to start to yeah. see them flatten out along with the rest of the quarter. Yeah. Talking about talking about peaks, and I mean, I definitely agree. For example, regarding Christmas, I remember when I was young. I I'm from Italy, and as a tradition, Christmas preparations should start on December, I think, eight or nine. So you would never see Christmas trees or uh, Santa Claus hanging, you know, from the balcony of, of people's house or you know, Sydney's. So you would never see that before actually December eight. What happened is that now you can see it starting from mid-October in Europe. Uh, it became beginning of, of December, then end of November, mid-November, beginning of November, because the, the retail is getting used and, you know, wants to use the, the, the wants to get the final consumer used to, to start purchasing actually earlier and earlier, because you can, you can actually spend more money if you start spending the money earlier, because you don't have to wait, you know, two times, you don't have to wait just one time to, to get your salary. If we, if we think like that, you know, at the end of the month or start saving, you actually start spending before, you know, one month in advance. So this might be might very beneficial. And the same is applied to e-commerce, I, I believe. So the whole Q4 is going to be, I think, looking at the expectation for the, for the long term, for the future, the whole Q4 will be a 
big sales, you know, season, a big sales season starting from October until, you know, the end of December, we will not see these huge spikes anymore. The, the curve will be flattened a little bit. We will see, of course, the trend during the, the actual Black Friday. Probably Amazon will will only reserve the actual Black Friday and Cyber Monday and Christmas Day only for the top sellers, I, I believe, as there are constantly more and more products added on Amazon. There wouldn't be the space. I mean, customers wouldn't even know how to look for the deals. And this is why, actually, coming back to what we said before, it is very important to do your external traffic and influencers because customers, when they don't know anymore how to find stuff on Amazon, because just because there are too many deals, they will go look for, for the deal somewhere else and they will go look for it, you know, in their habitual channels, like, you know, where they normally go, like their favorite influencers on Instagram, social media, uh, favorite uh, online newspapers or, you know, website, th this kind of thing. So this is very important for you to, to start mastering the, the art of KOLs and influencers for Amazon. Absolutely. I think that, that was what I've heard with a lot more people saying, obviously with stuff like the rebate, the whole, the whole grit, it was gray, but essentially what, what now has become blackout tactic, more tapping into the people who are speaking around brands. I think brand centric messaging is always going to speak more in favor to what Amazon is talking about, having your loyal customers and following, sending people to that direction, uh, to your listings in that regards and almost one-off shop in app whether it be on social media or being directed to Amazon, obviously there's lots of different ways that people are doing. And even nowadays, um, even as of last night, there's holiday gift guides. Another thing I was kind of, uh, uh, which is interesting because everyone, every publication does it. It's more of an affiliate relationship with people yeah. working with PR teams. I'm not sure if you and your team do it, but like having those listings where they actually point to your listing on Amazon, but they're looking for specific categories, obviously for like dad gifts or, uh, you know, home and garden gifts or something along those lines will be, they'll be more specific and you'll basically pitch your products to them. If it has great listings, great photos and 70 or so, I think words is what they're looking for, which or 150, something along those lines, they, they'll put those in those gift guides, but th those can also drive traffic because I know for a fact, when I'm searching for family members, best gifts, holiday gifts in 2021 <laughs> for mom and dad or something like that, or techie gifts or something along those lines, yeah. those will populate drive people back to yeah. Amazon. So those are, those are always really good as well. Um, but I don't know if you saw this too. Amazon, most recent years, uh, they've they've sent out some gift guides. Have you heard about these? Mm -hmm. Like physical, tangible, mailable gifts or gift guides, like 90 pages long. I almost brought it with me today on the podcast. And they were mailing these to consumers, like literally every household. And what they can do, and this is really smart, and I didn't even know that they were going to do this until this year, <laughs> is that with their app, you can literally open up the search icon with uh, the shoppable function on their camera and it will redirect you directly to that listing mm -hmm. uh, of yeah. the toy that you want. So in the old days when I was a kid, I would always circle in the catalogs of this is what <laughs> I want. And kids were like, oh, yeah, I want that, like yeah. Lego or toy or, or gift or anything like that. And this is really geared towards kids. So it's activities, coloring pages, stuff like that. But Amazon, it shows QR codes. And every time you scan that, they're gain, garnering data of what's shoppable, what people want, and it's instantly yeah. going to add it. To, it's instantly, I believe, adding to your cart in that functionality. Yeah. How how crazy is that data that they're going to pull and and, and literally amazing. showing yeah. a sort of uh, first party retailer because it's it's all like brands of like Disney, Nike. They're they're big brands, right? But to pay to get into that gift guide now and the data you can show, how insane of a price point is it that you can show people yeah. and say, listen, yeah. it's point and buy essentially. At that yeah. Point. Yeah. Actually, this is very, very interesting because I, the first time I heard about the epic comeback of physical, you know, newsletters and, uh, you know, uh, brochures, uh, how, how do we call them? You know, mailing, mailing letters. Uh, it was, I think 2018 or 2019. So two mm -hmm. years or more ago, I believe it was in a speech by, um, by, yeah, I think it was Kevin King at the Global Sources Summit, um, and he was telling 
one of the best strategies for you is to actually send physical mails with a coupon, with a discount, you know, with whatever to, 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 to drive external traffic or with a QR code. And this is exactly now what Amazon is doing. And as you've been saying, what they've been planning and they're implementing, you know, more aggressively right now. And it does make sense because, you know, everything is interconnected right now. Uh, also with the fact that actually the Amazon, you know, the physical stores and uh, pretty much everything, you can just go buy, you know, everything. Or what Walmart is actually doing, you know, they are integrating the, the physical store with the actual app. You can you can buy online and you, then you can also give back the product if you don't like that. So everything is super interconnected because we're talking about Amazon, but there is also a lot of other things happening uh, in other channels. Um, you know, and this is this is really interesting, I think. How, for example, how Walmart is competing with Amazon with all the infrastructure that they have already and this is so this is this is very very interesting regarding you know when it comes to data they can collect and that they will keep and, and you know uh, ways of uh, actually getting this impulsive purchase uh, from the user because if you have your kid there with his his or your phone ready to buy and it's like this please daddy you know i want this one you're not gonna say no right so that's also easy easy sale right there um Coming back to the um, to, to the to the spike, you know, in data, yeah. I would say that probably what will keep will will remain, you know, going up uh, at least this year. In the next couple of years, will be the, the spike in uh, advertising cost. Uh, I remember there was a study by Celix. They were showing how the Amazon advertising spend went up during Black Friday and Cyber Monday. I think it was plus one hundred fifty percent last year. That was really really incredible. Yeah. And if we consider already how much money is being spent on Amazon every single day, there is a humongous number. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. So, but for advertising, I would say really be be very very careful. I was I was just reading some articles just right before jumping into this into this into this podcast, and I was seeing that there is still someone suggesting to use keywords such as Black Friday deal, Cyber Monday deal on your PPC advertising. Uh, for experience, I can tell you that normally it probably doesn't work. And if it works, probably it's going to be too expensive for you, especially if you're a new seller. So try instead to, to gather more data from your past year if you have sales history or to try to gather more data from, you know, there are many, so many other different ways, you know, from tools like Helium 10, we, we have actually introduced a bunch of nice, uh, very useful tools from Helium 10 in our YouTube channel. I also personally made a three series videos of top mistakes that sellers should avoid when approaching PPC. So go and check it out. We are Growth Hack on YouTube and you're going to find that. So you're going to find a lot of inspiration for, for PPC. Also when it comes to very crowded and expensive period of time. And talking about this again, period of time, uh, if you guys didn't notice, probably you did already because this has been on Amazon for a while. Uh, you can also change your budget. You can add budget budget rules for your Amazon campaign and you can just set it also for, for Black Friday, Cyber Monday and Halloween, for example. The interesting thing is this, that actually, the uh, the actual time frame starts one day earlier. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so Black Friday, the Black Friday date range actually starts on November 25th. And it goes until November 27th. And then Sabah Monday is from November 28th until December the 2nd. What, what is December the 2nd? Is it, is it still? Yeah, it, it's actually a Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... It's, uh, yeah, the, yeah, I was looking at my calendar right here. November, December second, yeah, as uh, December second is that Thursday, yeah, and then it goes yeah. into the weekend, which is I don't think that's the predominant. I'm gonna say the 11th and 12th, which is the Saturday Sunday, is the busiest. I want to say it's the third or fourth busiest time of time to purchase because obviously people are freaking out. This is a traditional yeah. last minute shopper time frame as well. Um, but yeah, but anyways, go ahead. Yeah, no, but this is very interesting because Amazon is telling you here, okay, set up a different rule and you can only increase, you can't decrease, you, you can never decrease the budget according to Amazon or even by performance. This is something that is really impressing, you know, for me because, for example, I normally set budget rules when uh, your acres goes down. It does make sense that you want to spend more if your cost goes down. 
what is very funny you cannot spend less when your cost goes up so this is this is very interesting and also cyber monday lasts until thursday and uh black friday starts a day before according to the advertising date range this means that you will actually start spending your money a day before and you will stop spending your money later and that's up to amazon on how they will use this budget we know that amazon could be a little bit unfriendly when it comes to daily budget management because you know that actually the daily budget that you're setting is not your daily budget is the monthly budget on a daily average so, <laughs> so be careful when you set this kind of budget rule I would say uh, do it yourself. <laughs> do it yourself manually. So, but still, you can use it if you have very well performing campaigns. If you have a large account, if you don't want to do it one by one, so that does make sense. But right. also looking at the ACOS rule, that's really, 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 really good. Well, and I've also heard a lot of people ask, and, and again, if people are listening to this and they do have their Q four questions, feel free to uh, ask those in the comment section on social media. If not, uh, we'll make sure we get the information on how to get. Uh, in touch with David after this, but I've heard a lot of people with their PPC budgets and their campaigns when they do start it, do they need to target specific, do they need to either rechange their, again, this is a tip that a lot of people do, do they need to change their keyword strategy or a lot of their um, campaigns to face more like Christmas gifts or really, really, really uh, holiday centric search terms? In terms of like, do I want to target, even attempt to target those kinds of keywords that have like Christmas gifts or Christmas decor or anything along those lines right now? So I would normally stay away from that uh, just because it is, uh, you have a highest, uh, you know, chance to not be converting for those kind of terms just because, you know, you have so much competition and the CPC is going to be very high. So I would stay away from that. And also, let's let's think about let's let's go back to the basics. Who's looking for Christmas gifts? Someone who doesn't have any idea of what they're going to buy. So here we go with the buyer intent. This is not buyer intent friendly. Because if you're looking for gifts, you have no idea of what you're looking for. Right. Super right? broad. But if yeah, it's super broad. It's like looking for a power bank. <laughs> and then anchor is going to win. Or, uh, yeah, still anchor is there. <laughs> okay, it's not going to win anymore. But anyway, so if you if you're looking for Christmas gift, it's very broad. You don't have the buyer intent there. You you're not you're on top of the funnel. You know. So what you want to do is probably you want to try to narrow down if you really want to use that kind of keyword. But I would still try to avoid that because the same reasoning is doing your competitor. So what you want to do is actually you want to definitely stop bleeding. You know, stop the the bleeding where wherever is possible because you know that every one of your keyword is getting more impression, more clicks. So if you're wasting, you will waste even more. If you're selling, you'll probably sell even more. So what you want to do is you want to optimize even more, even more during those uh, you know holiday periods. And I think that's the best advice that I can give to sellers, especially those sellers that are new, that don't have a very high conversion rate, that don't don't have a very high you know. Um, they don't have a very large sales history. This is probably the best advice that I can give you. Yeah. Is there, um, so that being said, is there, be, because the expectation is, is kind of unknown at this point and people are, th this is the tip I can always say, people are afraid of with the inventory, if they're doing well and they're doing all these great tips. I think the other thing for inventory, the, the whole debate of should I turn off PPC or should I turn off any sort of campaigns? in general or traffic towards my listing at all? Or should I just scale it back and still have stuff running towards my uh, listing because they don't want to run out? Is there is there advice one way or another that you traditionally go of, would you rather have it scaled back to the nature of, you're still sending some traffic, Amazon sees that as you spending money towards this campaign, still relevant instead of turning off completely? Um, because I, ultimately no one wants to run out of it. If they run out of inventory yeah. for most, it, it's the worst. Case scenario, yeah. you get torpedoed. It'd be it'd be awful to do that. Would you rather turn off a campaign or rather turn turn it back to almost almost nothing, but it's still running? Uh, it really depends on the case by case. Uh, it depends on how soon you think you're gonna have your stock back. Uh, how soon you you think you're gonna run out of inventory? And this doesn't apply only to Q4 and you know uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. It also applies to the to the scenario when you're running out of stock actually, <laughs> because you're just running out of stock. It, because you know you messed up your supply chain or something happened, you know any kind of reason. So 
I heard a lot of things actually, and uh, I can tell you uh, a lot of people say, for example, do not increase the price. Uh, actually, this is something that it is not suggested, is not advised, but sometime it could work to actually start slowing down the sales. It's not the best case scenario because it would not help you with the rank, but still, if you rank too high, you might just outsell your product, you know, sell, completely go out of stock. You might definitely decrease your, your PPC spend because you don't want to push too much your sales. Uh, if you're going to pause your campaign for a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks, that, that's also okay. Then I don't think that a very experienced seller only has got one campaign and only has got one product. So it might be a, you know, a case for, for just one product and it's not going to affect too much you know, the entire performance of your account. So it's going to be good. Then if this product is your best seller, then you should probably, you know, take, you know, a in a higher consideration to this kind of issue because it's a very, very serious issue. So you never want to run out of stock and you should definitely, you know, also plan your FBM, FBA in advance. You want to have a 3PL, you want to have, you know, all your inventory in place. You want to have your everything set up. You never want to run out of stock. So it's a, it's a very serious issue. So I would say it really, really depends on the on the kind of situation. Sometimes you can, sometimes you, you just lay around of stock because you have no other choice uh, because you don't want to increase the $20 <laughs> your product. So mm -hmm. it really depends. Yeah, and I know Amazon really looks at that in terms of when you put in your listing, how how much you're willing to go up or know that it's best price because it really doesn't like it. They want that best price or the retail price to be the highest you would ever go by increasing. I know that that kind of like sets off certain flags, if I understand correctly, with the algorithm of if you continuously tweak that all the time, you want to have the highest price always, but you want the sales price to almost be the one that fluctuates, not the not the quote unquote retail price or the MSRP, if you will, correct? What is really interesting here, I just want to say something uh, on the opposite side, what happens if you put down your price, but you still don't rank higher? This is uh, what actually happened with uh, one of my clients. We had this issue. Our price was uh, like like 5% or 10% higher than the top competitor. We put it down by 10% and we didn't move rank. We actually ranked lower than before. So because we, we thought, okay, we put down the price and we decreased the spend on, P, on the PPC uh, and also on Facebook traffic and ex external traffic, social media, we actually had the opposite effect of what we were aspiring. So, and then we put up again the price because it is, uh, when it comes to the algorithm, we were talking about algorithm, what really affects the algorithm is the conversion rate mm -hmm. because Amazon wants to put higher products they are most likely to give money to Amazon. These are most likely to convert into sales because the, the customer is, is you know, spending their money. So Amazon makes the sale, you make the sale, and everyone is happy. If Amazon would never put on the first results organically products that don't convert, they will, of course, place their products that are converting very well. So the price does affect, but if you're not converting, that doesn't matter. On the flip side, if you're still converting with the higher price, why? Maybe because your product is super hot right now. You know, you have a TikTok influencer or it's going viral. You increase the price. I believe and I know by experience that it will still keep ranking higher. Of course, you don't have to increase by a lot, by 50%, but, but you know, 5%, 10%, I think that's still doable and you will still rank higher. So it, it really goes once again, Case by case, you should do your test as a seller. Keep in mind conversion rate. Absolutely. I, um, Amazon also released too, and I, I think like as, as, as Q4 kind of progresses, a lot more people are trying to figure out how can I optimize and really take advantage of my gifts. Even in the, in the wee hours of the season, I'm talking about like December 20th through the 24th. And I always remember working direct to consumer company, we would always put up, uh, the one that I used to work with, uh, we'd always put up uh, shipping deadlines and obviously say, hey, if you want it there by this holiday, you have to pay for it. regular shipping is fine up until this point. Uh, expedited shipping would be this much, but you're getting it from this point, so on and so forth. Um, but Amazon actually rolled out an in-store pickup for products ordered from local retailers. Have you have you and your clients been uh, engaged or have they opened that opportunity yet in terms of picking up from a retail because what it, what it's called is local selling. And I'm sure for the listener, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm 
not crazy. It's uh, it's, it's called uh, local selling and it's a set of services that actually allow you, uh, regional retailers to set, offer both in-store pickup and fast delivery for nearby customers. So they themselves can deliver it on behalf of Amazon, um, almost like a Walmart uh, plus subscription, but uh, it's not delivered by Amazon delivery. It'd be as if I was selling my goods in Best Buy, for example, they would deliver it to me in certain zip codes in the United States. Um, but also they, you could pick them up in store. I believe they'll hold onto it for five days. So in theory, that is another option. And it's been said that even in-store pickup will be about, uh, it would be about 40% of how people operate their holiday shopping uh, in mm -hmm. retail. So I think that's a fascinating thing to think about. It's happening online, but it's still, for the, on, for the retail shopper, it's going to convert over to online, but about 40% of that in-store purchase would happen to be picked up uh, basically curbside. Is that something that you, you and your clients are able to do or what, what do you suggest in those kinds of strategies, if at all? So uh, with, when it comes to this uh, kind of scenario, we didn't have it yet with clients sure. in the US. We okay. had actually Amazon Fresh in Italy we, you know, that's the case because, you know, Italian Fresh people rate. are all, all about food <laughs> and you can only, yeah, you can only Italians order, yeah, <laughs> you can only order like fresh pasta, fresh ham, you know, fresh salami. You can only order in certain zip codes. And this is, wow. this is really interesting. So, and, and it's called Amazon Fresh. I, I don't know right. if you, if, we, if we do, uh, yeah, we do in the United States, it's Amazon Fresh, uh, minimum order. Oh gosh, thirty. I want to say fifty dollars US, which is nothing when it's grocery nowadays. Yeah, but, uh, it, it's super convenient, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. It was always, um, hey, you can order like your staples fulfilled by Whole Foods and a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, yeah. grocery. I think it's even more just household staples. So like detergents or topical, maybe even beauty products were in there as mm -hmm. well. So if you have mm -hmm. like a a supplement or um, any sort of you know, topical consumable product. Yeah. You can obviously be an Amazon fresh product, but it's a part of the product. You have to be accepted into the program, I believe. I, so I think it all goes back to, you know, the, the future vision that Amazon has, uh, has as a e-commerce giant, you know, as someone who's leading the way uh, to the others and for the consumer to actually make the, make consumers life easier and easier. Because uh, I used to live in China, for example, right? And you can order anything from your from your phone, and directly from WeChat, that is the equivalent of Facebook or WhatsApp, mm -hmm. and it would get delivered to your house, or you can go and pick it up. Uh, we had the same function actually with uh, with WeChat with uh, what is it like Tmall, Jindong, you know those Chinese e-commerce. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. e e so eventually, so what made Amazon? so successful being customer centric, right? So we always hear this thing, you know, Jeff Bezos, you know, lecture to the investors and also Jeff Bezos interviews and investing in what will change people's lives. So Amazon wants to make uh, life for the customer easier, wants to make it easier for them to spend their money on Amazon pretty much. So this is, this is what's up, what is happening. If you, if you don't want to wait or if, if probably you know already that it's going to be too late, because if you buy it on December 21st, it's really too late to get it for Christmas, then you go and pick it up. And that definitely makes sense. Yeah, and, and that's that's what I thought was interesting is um, because you're talking about this online retail and how the evolution of almost 2020 expectations for moving forward, um, because it was, it was so high, but just how people were operating at scale, again, in the world of retail uh, commerce, we'll just say commerce in general, retail shopping, um, when someone makes a purchase of a good or product, still 90%, maybe it's 85% now is happening in physical stores. And that changed a lot last year. That that chunk substantially was cut into by online, just the convenience of it. And people weren't physically going into stores and making their purchases. It was all done through clicks of phones or computers. Um, but still the majority of it is happening in retail spaces but it's interesting to see that the convenience is now shifting away from instead of staying in long lines again for the deal centric uh, consumer, if they're trying to buy products or big ticket items or anything like that and really get a good quote unquote deal, they, they would have to do that all retail. That's not the case anymore. It's a lot of it can be done. Like we had mentioned earlier in the episode, weeks in advance, uh, kind of uh, days in advance, and you can just 
stay warm instead of fighting the cold, depending on where you are in the world and and not have to deal with that. But also, uh, is this here, are you going to see a lot more, uh, a lot, I should say a lot more consumers or entrepreneurs have a lot less of their quote deals that they're offering. Uh, what I mean by that is you're not going to see the outrageous 70% off 60% off, whatever that might be incentives that most people do. Instead, are you are you are you expecting that to continue, or do you think that people are going to scale mm. back on that because of no, inventory I, and stuff like that? Yeah, I think not only for the inventory, but also for a matter of profit. Um, when I talk, you know, to my to my clients, so I actually don't suggest to to to, to do huge deals. Uh, you know, for, for many different reasons, branding perspective, profit, and uh, you know, it could really get. Things could really get out of control <laughs> when you when you give the the, the wrong discount, uh, and it could mess up everything because you could you could you know uh, risk getting out of stock and you don't want to do that right. So it, this is a really serious issue and with zero profit, probably losing money actually. So you really, really don't want to do that. And also what uh, what I'm seeing is that uh, still talking with other entrepreneurs, also not directly to my to my to my clients, but with other entrepreneurs in the space, you know, Amazon sellers. They are trying to stay away from being there on the top spot at all costs. That goes along with Cyber Cyber Monday, Black Friday, with the holiday season, but also during the you know during the daily activities, the, the, the normal season, you know, with, with the off season. It is not uh, what I see is that actually we were still flattening the curve a little bit. It's spreading a little bit more. You know, you have more time now to. To, to showcase your deals, it doesn't have to be that wow, amazing, like ninety percent, seventy percent off. You really want to try to focus on your profit because you want to make it a sustainable business. You don't want to be at page, you know, ranking number one or two, and giving away your profit too much. Especially if you're an independent seller, if you're, you know, uh, FBA seller, and you're starting from zero with your savings. You, you're not probably going to do that. But if, if you're a huge seller, then yes, you can compete with the others, and that's that's completely different. Uh, but I, I don't see a lot of people anymore fighting for being, you know, rank ranking number one or also to, to have a lot of sales on Black Friday because they're understanding, actually, that they're giving up on profit, and that that's not the, 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 the most ideal scenario there. And also getting out of stock is not good. Absolutely. Uh, how and again, we're coming to the top of the hour. We're with uh, David Nicolucci. Uh, we are Growth Hack. Um, what? How? How late before you tell customers that they shouldn't be launching products in Q4? Is that, I'm a, a, a high level. You would think that that would just be it'd be silly to try to start a product or start that history in Q4 or even towards you know November, December. Or it could be wrong. Are you telling people? Is there certain situations where they should launch products in Q4 or is there, is it kind of a no touch wait till early Q1 or, you know, later in that next year? I would say it depends. Uh, it would be better, uh, ideally to launch it way before Q4. Uh, but if you have a seasonal product, <laughs> right. I mean, there's always that. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it really depends. You know, for me, this whole thing of uh, selling on Amazon and e-commerce, it is very rare that I would say yes to a question, especially when it's a tricky question like this. Uh, or as you can see before, like, should I stop my PPC or should I, you know, increase or decrease the price? Many times it does happen. It, it does depend on the case by case. So if your product is not uh, seasonal, let's say that you're selling, I don't know, a Bluetooth speaker, you, but once again, you know, this could be a gift for someone, you know, a perfect gift, uh, but you might end up, you know, wasting your money. So I would say, yeah, maybe, maybe you could wait. Uh, don't probably, probably don't rush during Q4. You, you can wait a little bit. Or if you think it's actually a product that fits very well, you know, Christmas gift, then yes, why not launch it? in October, November, maybe better in October than November. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is there, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I don't think, uh, I think I would speak for a lot of people say like, Hey, just focus on your sales in that regards kind of work up with what you have in terms of already out there and just really optimize that, that kind of, um, growth. Are you, um, what's kind of the, the hidden things that you think not most people are not talking about 
uh, going into the remaining part of this year? Is there, is there a specific topic or something that you're really, really keeping an eye on that not just has impacts for uh, the remainder of 2021, but actually moving forward into next year? Is there really, is there something that's, that's kind of weighing on you and both good or bad that a lot of people are just not speaking about for one reason or another? Uh, when it comes to, you know, optimizing your Amazon store? Maybe that or just anything in the industry, whether it be e-commerce or whatnot. I, I, we can open up. Let, let's talk about optimization of the Amazon store and then we can broaden it. Yeah. So what I've seen recently is there's a lot of confusion when it comes to SEO and optimization of your search terms. For example, I, I think it was in a group on Facebook. Uh, I won't say the name here. I read a post of someone asking uh, what is keyword stuffing. And uh, someone answered, I think it was a VA from somewhere, uh, someone answered, if you repeat the same search term in the title and in the bullet points and in the back end, this is keyword stuffing. And a lot of people were liking this post and they were commenting exactly the same thing. Now, this is not keyword stuffing. Keyword stuffing is when you re repeat too many times the same keyword in different places or in the same, or in the, in, in the same place. Right. So if you repeat, for example, Bluetooth speaker, Bluetooth speaker in your search terms and in your title and in your bullet point, that's keyword stuffing. But if you're selling a Bluetooth speaker, of course, you need to have Bluetooth speaker in your title and in your bullet points and also hopefully in your search terms because it does help you to rank on, on Amazon. Amazon doesn't penalize you if you if you have the same keyword in your title and in your search terms. They penalize they 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 say do not repeat keywords in the search terms. This means that if you if you want to write Bluetooth speaker uh, for iPhone and Bluetooth speaker for iPod or or, um, or black Bluetooth speaker, you can just write black Bluetooth speaker iPhone. That's it. Right. In your search all terms. in one, so yeah, all in all one. in one without repetition, without Bluetooth speaker again. You know that that's what it actually means. So this is something. So be very careful to where you actually get your information to the source. Uh, try to always double check anything you listen or you read online. Not because someone said and other people put a like. That's uh, that's true. It's not always like that. So be very careful. I think that people don't really talk about this too much, and there is a lot of confusion. This is what I actually wanted to wanted to, to say. Probably that hasn't been too 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 often. And also, I've seen a little bit of confusion online. Not many blog posts talk about this thing. Yeah, well, I I think that's the thing too, right? Um, a lot of people are crowdsourced. I love information, right? Uh, again, on the podcast, this is people who you and I are in certain parts of the service industry, but we've seen a lot of it firsthand. And if people are, I've experienced it firsthand when people are going to certain channels for information, right? Um, they want to learn, they want to grow. I, I always say, take everything for a grain of salt because it obviously depends. There's no, um, for my former boss, he says, there's no one magic silver bullet that can fix all your problems. It's kind of a combination of what works for you and your company, but also uh, in your products and brands, but also knowing that how it's going to effectively the risk tolerance of which you were willing to take as well in, in certain aspects of your business. So again, it could be just spending more money on PPC. It could be hiring an agency. It could be uh, trusting people with uh, your growth opportunity. I feel a lot more people uh, are just blindly kind of what accepting of just free information, how it's posted on forums like that. And again, knowing who those people are kind of cross-referencing your information saying like, okay, who are you really? Um, like cross-referencing or asking a trusted source or mentor or something like that and saying like, heard about this. Is that true? I don't want to make the change unless it's, it's actually irrelevant. Um, it makes sense, but I agree with that. I think that people just kind of take it for uh, face value and don't ask the questions or like do a little bit more of the research on their own. Yeah. Is there, yeah. so what are, what are the best ways? How, how do you, because obviously uh, you're a respected company, you have lots of publications, lots of content that you're post posting out there. How do you best uh, tell the beginner person who's this is their first key for to like navigate that field? Uh, is there, <laughs> I mean, is, is it just like your gut yeah. feeling? Yeah, always, as you said, and as I said before, cross-reference, uh, try to get your information from different sources, uh, try yourself. Uh, but don't try anything that it might be, you know, harmful for your, <laughs> for your account because, you know, it's, it could be very dangerous. 
Uh, and also cross-reference for when it comes to not uh, only Amazon-related stuff. Like, for example, if you're talking about SEO and, for example, about this topic of keyword stuffing, keyword stuffing doesn't, you know, it wasn't made by an Amazon seller. It's it's an SEO term. So you can mm-hmm. read somewhere else what actually this term is and then apply. Google. Yeah, I got a Google, exactly. So Google everything, look for, uh, you know, trusted information source. But th- that's the thing, you know. Uh, I, I see a lot of uh, a lot of information, a lot of confusion for for many different different fields right now. So do not have only one source of information for for anything for anything um, that might be from you know selecting your keywords to to whatever you know other things for for the future sides of your business. So always try to find what fits for you, what is what is the best for you. Cross reference everything. See if actually. The, the same kind of information matches with someone else that has actually proven results and has been there for, for a long time that, you know, is putting his face and, you know, is showing what they're doing without any, you know, without any problem. So I would say this is probably the, the best way to, to do if you're just starting. And uh, yeah, you know, we all started somewhere. This is, this is so funny. You know, <laughs> when I started in 2014, I was there Googling, you know, how to sell on Amazon, <laughs> how to do SEO for Amazon. And then, and then you, start, you start learning. Um, the longer you use this tool and this environment, the, the, the better you learn, the more you learn. I, you know, started my first PPC campaign for, for my, not even client, for, for, for my em- employer in 2014. You didn't even have broad phrase and exact match. You just had a keyword that was broad at that at that time, and we didn't know that, you know. But you had less competition, so so always stay um, on top of the trend and uh, see see what is going on. Try always to to cross check. If if you're looking for, for example, let's say you're looking for best tips to sell on Q4, you will find my blog online definitely. It you know our blog posts are always between the first, second, third page of Google, and you will find others. So definitely go and read everything, and then wh- whichever one you like, just 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 come and learn. If if someone is saying something bad, just don't take it for granted, or maybe just do some further research. You know, yeah. so be curious. I was gonna say. I was gonna say I put the blog right there because I was actually looking at all your blogs. I have all the tabs open. Uh, I, I look like a psychopath with all the blog or the tabs I have <laughs> open uh, on your page and other people that are going on right now with data. But yeah, obviously for more tips, like you, you always put out really thoughtful content. And last time we talked about just the 10,000, 20,000 word uh, blog contents that are pointing to everything. It's not just this is not keyword stuffing. This is like in depth knowledge of, <laughs> yes. of, of a lot of content. So. I know that you're probably like for you, David, what, what's kind of on the docket for, for the rest of the year? Is it, is it just any more content, just really optimizing for your clients? And then is there any expect, what are, what are you expecting to do? Obviously moving forward early part of By the end of the year. Um, yeah. yeah, we we're going to be, we're going to be very busy with one of our clients. We have to re-optimize the entire catalog of their listings for all the languages. So guys, you can hire us for every language, even Japanese, don't worry. And if Amazon sells in Korea, we will also do Korean for you. So we have to optimize all the European countries first and then also English. So this is going to keep us very easy. I'm going to bring a big part of my team here in Thailand. This is going to keep me also busy. And uh, we have a couple more blog posts on the on the pipeline. For example, selling from Christmas and some other things. We have a couple of interviews coming on uh, our YouTube channel. I would say go and check out our YouTube channel. We have a lot of content there. We talk not only about Amazon but also about you know many other e-commerce channels. We have interviewed. Um, one of the uh, brand evangelists from Helium 10. We, I mean, it's not only uh, her showcasing, you know, how you can use the tool, but it's also me as a seller or as a, you know, advertiser, how you can actually integrate this with other tools and with what you're doing in your daily job as an Amazon seller. So that that's also very interesting. And we always try to keep our videos, you know, really short, like, 20, 30 minutes on YouTube, I think that's the format that uh, that works because it's not a podcast, it's something recorded. So people just want to quickly get information and then move on to the next one. And then, yeah, our blog is going to be always uh, updated. And probably I think we have this tradition every year we publish the expectation and prediction for the, the upcoming year. Yeah, so for 2022, probably I'm trying to do this one a little bit earlier because we normally publish it on January at the beginning yeah. of the year. 
I want to try to do it um, yeah, in December. It's also good for SEO because if you come before the others, you know, you get <laughs> yeah. to do that, man, before all, everyone else follows suit. No, I, I get it whatsoever. Hey, as always, man, uh, thank you so much for hopping on. I know it's late. It's 10 o'clock your time. Yeah. Uh, it's just beginning to go here in the United States. But uh, hey, for more information, obviously, we reach out to you what, on Facebook or follow We Growth Hack. We are Growth Hack on Facebook. What are, what are any other ways we should reach out? Yeah, just Facebook, uh, Instagram, we are Growth Hack. Uh, our website, wearegrowthhack.com. Send us an email, info at wearegrowthhack.com. you find us in all social media channels. Uh, we're not very active on Twitter, but mostly LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, yes, this is it. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for hopping on again, friend of the show. And I'm looking forward to all the content you're going to be pumping out here. Please sleep yeah. at some point. <laughs> but, uh, you, yeah. your, your lifestyle is amazing. And uh, I will always love talking to me. I could talk to you that for hours, but hey, get some rest. Yeah. And uh, thanks for hopping on again late on uh, another me. episode. No problem. Thanks, that was David. amazing. Thank you. Yep. No problem. Again, thanks, uh, David from We Are Growth Act. Again, thank you for everyone who was tuning in live. Uh, no, no questions today, but that we had lots of people tuning in. I think a lot of people are taking notes, uh, as always. So if you're listening to this podcast, uh, at a later time, definitely reach out to David and his team at We Are Growth Hack. The blog contents alone are, I, I wish they would almost like charge for those because just the amount of information that is stuffed in there. Again, we talked about keyword surfing. This is not it. This is actually viable, amazing information that you have to actually, uh, know what you're talking about in order to, uh, to to write something that uh, incredible and in depth and detailed. So they're doing great things for their business, but love, love some of the expectations and takeaways that we learned about prepping for the remainder of Q4 expectations, obviously uh, looking at the data and hearing other experts in that regards and pulling from it what we talked about. And then of course, uh, moving forward here in 2020, uh, 2022 now, um, what their clients are gonna be looking for. So. Again, thank you, David, and uh, we are Growth Hack. I'm Ron Kramer. This is my corner of the internet. I like to call crossover commerce. We'll catch you guys next time on another episode. That'll be tomorrow. We have um, actually Dan Brownshire of Channel Key hopping on why you should hire an Amazon agency. Very applicable, obviously, um, talking about the expertise that he and his team are bringing to the table. But we're going to be talking with him and his team about that. Otherwise, we'll catch you guys next time on another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm Ryan Kramer. Take care.